0: Hey there, it's Christine Garvin and welcome to another episode of Hormonally Speaking. So today I'll be talking with Ashley Marie, who is a wonderful woman that I know personally that also does incredible work with women around their reproductive system. and she does this in some you know very specific um, traditional approaches that we'll be diving into here soon. And one of the things that I really enjoyed in talking to her was talking about all these what I like to call adjunct therapies that we can do around hormonal imbalances, you know, ranging from things like sore breasts to fibroids and ovarian cysts and polyps, um, excessive bleeding. Really, you know, there's so many things that we can do to support our body as we are working to rebalance our hormones. And these, in fact, help to do that. And so I think it's really just important for us to understand that there's so much that we can do. And so much of it is actually this beautiful self-care that we are really kind of disconnected from. Um, I'm all about going to get massages and, and be taken care of by others. I think that's really important, but also honoring our body on the daily by doing really simple things, you know, like Epsom salt baths, um, yoni steaming, as we'll talk about today. And, um, there's lots of different choices and and it's really those things that we do on the daily that actually make the biggest impact and i think that this is so important on both the physical, emotional and really sort of the energetic spiritual level that we're missing out on so deeply in our in our work and in our world today especially as women. that's why i focus on this aspect as a part of my Get Your Hormones Right program that begins in January. And I can't, you know, put a fine enough mark or point on how important it is to really start to connect with your body, understand its signals, and then do these things that let your body know that you care about it. And it makes it feel really good. And it's not, you know, this thing that, You're being selfish doing or, you know, focusing too much on the self instead of others. You're really laying the groundwork, the deep groundwork for healing on all levels. And this is what our bodies are calling us to do now. I'm really, really excited about this program. I think it's going to really shift so much for the women that are part of it. And so I invite you to look at my website or, you know, go ahead and send me an email if you want more information. If you just go to my website, christinegarvin.com, you'll see the Get Your Hormones Right link there on the front page. And you can go to the webpage that that details what we'll be going over in the program and all of the wonderful guest experts that we have as part of the program, and then the part that I love is the group support. It's pretty amazing what you can do when you're surrounded by women that are um, going through the same thing and you get to lift each other up. All right, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Ashley Marie. It's Christine Garvin and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm going to apologize for my voice right now. It's a little bit um, husky um, mm-hmm. because I accidentally took a sip of a friend's drink and then found out afterwards that she was sick. So I have this fun voice to run around with. But I'm so excited because today we have a woman that I've gotten to know this year who does some really amazing work out in the world and I think it's really important when it comes to reproductive health because I feel like it's, um, it's aspects of helping us with our reproductive health that so many women do not know about. So her name is Ashley Marie and she's a licensed massage and body work therapist specializing in our Vigo techniques of my abdominal therapy and intuitive body work. So we're going to get into what all of that is if you haven't heard about that before. So after suffering from irregular and painful menstrual cycles for most of her life and getting no help in understanding them from her medical providers, as some of us know how that goes, she decided to trust that the healing was in her own hands. With a combination of herbs, massage, and dietary changes, she now has a regular pain-free cycle that she looks forward to each month. She is passionate about creating a space for women to transform their menstrual realities with womb work reproductive health education, and practical self-care rituals. She lives in a forested community in the mountains near Asheville, North Carolina, with her husband and four children. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much, Christine. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, uh, before we kind of dive into you know all these things that you do and exactly what they are, um, so that people um, who've never heard about them can learn about them, tell us a little bit sort of about your story. You know, um, kind of what the kind of painful stuff you went through and what took you to where you are today.
1: Yeah, um, it really started with my first menstrual cycle. I was 14 when I first bled. And I didn't bleed for an entire year after that.
0: Oh, really? An wow.
1: Yeah. And so at that time, it was mostly confusion because I didn't know anything. I didn't get the sex talk. I didn't get the menstruation talk. And I was afraid that I literally got pregnant from sitting on a toilet seat. Oh, yeah. wow. So young, but yeah. also just not knowing. And that fear in me oh my gosh, it was just, it was terrible to like be that naive about menstruation. And so around a year later, I got my menstrual cycle and it was always, it was always very irregular, but, but heavy when it did come. Um, And then I met someone that we were talking about, maybe having a baby and I was getting some medical care and I was just told that I would have a really hard time conceiving because at that time I only menstruated about three times a year. Oh, wow. So that was a thing that, that happened. it It was about two to three times a year that I bled. And Mainly the only concern that the doctor had was with me getting pregnant. They didn't offer any other testing, nothing, like nothing. Didn't ask me about my diet, nothing. And this was, this was like almost 14 years ago. So I know that things have come a long way since then, but yeah, I wasn't getting any help. And And there's a lot
0: less changes than you would think. I mean, there's, I have clients all the time that don't get anything more than, you know, fertility. It's either fertility or birth control.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where education really needs to come in. Not Mm -hmm. even just for women, but for girls too. I really want to see girls having more education around what their bodies are telling them.
0: Yeah, well, and your experience, I think, speaks to that, right? Being Mm -hmm. 14 and getting your period and then not getting it for a year and thinking you're pregnant, right? I mean, I'm sure that there's actually a lot of girls out there today who would think the same thing. You know, because they haven't been taught.
1: I hadn't even had sex. Right, right, exactly. And I was like, obviously I got pregnant on it from a toilet seat. Yeah. Mm Yeah, it was terrible. And then after my daughter was born, um, I still was very, very irregular. But um, I found this book at the library one day. It was totally random. I was doing one of those things where you kind of walk through and scan the library. And this Mm -hmm. book jumped out at me and it's rosita arvigo's book called Sastune. it's about her apprenticeship with a Belizean healer in, in belize the last mayan healer and at the end of the book it had the instructions on self-care abdominal massage over the uterus and i did that massage on myself and i started bleeding the next day that's amazing and i like still have goosebumps and this was you know probably like 11 years ago and I kind of put that in the back of my head as something that I wanted to do because I had previously thought I was going to be a midwife and then became a doula and was like no I don't actually like being on call I'm going (laughs) to find another route and so yeah um yeah then I just decided uh that I had to become a massage therapist in order to do this work and have been following my intuition in regards to that ever since.
0: Wow. So everybody that does the Arvigo massage, massage has to be a licensed massage therapist first. That may, that makes You sense. have
1: to be licensed to touch someone. Okay. So you could be a chiropractor, you could be a midwife, you could be an acupuncturist, PT, but yeah. Okay.
0: Is this Mm -hmm. something that people can find, you know, easily around the country at this point or is it kind of,
1: okay. No, it's easy to find. It's all over the world. They have workshops now and you can go to the RVGO website and find a practitioner in your area. Very cool. So Mm -hmm.
0: tell us a little bit more about that kind of massage then, because, Mm -hmm. you know, people hear abdominal massage and may or may not have a good idea of what that's all about.
1: Totally. I mean, even in massage school, we did very little abdominal massage. It's one part of the body that most of us don't give much of our own attention to or receive much attention in that area. And um, I really love it because in our modern world, we have so many stressors, Mm -hmm. so many stressors and the diaphragm right, right at the top of the abdomen is where we hold tension and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And there are three openings through the diaphragm, and that 's where blood and lymph is moved through, and the esophagus is there and so we start the massage up there to help relax the diaphragm okay because as you know what 's so important about hormones is well they 're moved through the blood and so if the plumbing is stacked on top of each other or it's the the blood and the lymph and the hormones can't get through the pipes, right. then it doesn't really matter if you're taking the supplements and eating right and doing all the things because if things are not in mm-hmm. a good yeah. way. And it
0: can actually make things worse, right? I mean, I know this is true for liver. Like a lot of times, you know, women will like upregulate um some of their liver detox with certain nutrients, you know, to help move the estrogen out of the body. But mm-hmm. if your colon's not working right, you know, if you if the plumbing's not working right, then that can actually make things worse because everything kind of gets backed up in there.
1: Totally. And then yeah. you're reabsorbing all that estrogen. Yep.
0: yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you start up at the diaphragm and then do you start working your way down?
1: We start working our way um, around the rib cage and then we do um, some other strokes around the pubic bone mm-hmm. and some uterine moving techniques and some techniques around the belly button and then also rosita was a napropathic doctor and so we have a whole protocol that works on the back and the spine and the coccyx and the sacrum cool. to help alleviate any tension stress and adhesions that are holding any ligaments that attach to the ovaries or the pudendal nerve or like all the things i mean our bodies are so intricate right yeah and also, it's called the Arvigo Techniques of Maya Abdominal Therapy because in addition to the abdominal massage, there are um, other protocols like castor oil packs and yoni steaming and herbal supplements mm-hmm. and and yeah, dietary stuff and yeah. it's yeah. A beautiful. It's a beautiful lineage.
0: Yeah. There's so much we can do and that we've not been taught. Right. And, and people not understanding these things. And, you know, I, I think, I mean, I never would have thought about my coccyx being, you know, attached or dealing with that area at all until my fibroid pushed mm-hmm. my coccyx bone out, you know, and wow. to even convince a doctor around that took a minute too, you know, <laughs> cause they're like, no. you know, and um, it, it's been amazing because I've used pelvic floor therapy in order to have the coccyx bone kind of release back into place because once that fibroid was there, pushed it out, it didn't wanna, you know, I kind of thought, oh, it's just gonna move back into place, but it, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta it's kind of stuck in this new place. Totally. Because, because of the way our body works, right? It 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 works really hard to protect us and it mm-hmm. works really hard to set things up when things, you know, push it out of the way Mm -hmm. to, to kind of keep us that way. And so you have to really do all this kind of releasing work to, to let it go back into its original spot. And so many people don't know that. And I think, you know, this technique that you do is such a beautiful thing and, you know, things like pelvic floor massage are such beautiful things. that so few women know about, understand, um, and it can really help so many different reproductive issues. Right.
1: Yeah, Can you
0: tell us about a few things that it can help with?
1: Oh, definitely fibroids, endometriosis, um, painful or irregular menstrual cycles, digestive health, um, tilted or prolapsed uterus. Yeah, so many things. And the emotional stuff that comes up. The what? The emotional stuff that comes up. I mean, almost every woman that has come in for treatment has cried because just even setting the space to come in and open the door about talking about our reproductive health, it just opens the floodgates. So many things of sexual trauma and abortion and miscarriage and all the things that are taboo and that are not talked about. and And we
0: hold that energy of all those things in in that area too, right? In our reproductive area, and and so it is that you know it's kind of multi layered because it's like okay, we we don't talk about them first, and then mm-hmm. you know there is the actual like physical repercussions of these things that are are held in our tissues. Totally, yeah. yeah.
1: The issues are in the tissues.
0: There you go. I love mm-hmm. that one. I would say it as much as possible. So <laughs> how often, um, you know, do women tend to need to come to you? for work to kind of start, I don't want to say uh, the word healing is kind of, you know, it has a lot of connotations to it, but start to kind of feel better, I guess.
1: Yeah. It depends what someone's suffering with, you know, like someone in your case, when you had extreme fibroids, I would say definitely come every week or every other week for several months while you're diligently doing the self-care, while you're doing castor oil packs, while you're doing Yoni steaming, um and the herbal supplements and it's it varies from woman to woman you know I had a woman come in who had endometriosis and we did just one treatment and she let me know afterwards that after that treatment it was the first menstrual cycle that she had since she was 15 that she didn't have to take any pain reliever for
0: okay this is amazing because so many women are finding out that they have endometriosis now right like it's it's kind of it's kind of blowing up you know and you know doctors say there's nothing you can do do other than get these surgeries and even those only take the pain away for a little while right you kind of have to keep on doing these these surgeries to remove the tissue so ladies you know please reach out to a practitioner that does this kind of work if that's what you're experiencing right now because As you can hear, it can be super impactful and powerful in your healing process. Totally. So cool. I love it.
1: Yeah. And this is every woman's birthright. I mean, this work was done by midwives and healers the world over in every part of the world. Women were doing this work. Yeah. Yeah. We got to bring it all back. (laughs) And it's it's coming back. It's resurfacing. Do you
0: teach women to do some of the stuff on their own to kind of support yeah. what you've
1: done with them? Totally. We teach a self-care massage so that you can bring the healing into your own hands, and that's wonderful and it feels yeah. great. And then we can I can teach you castor oil packs, and I usually send people home with their own pack because I'll do a pack on them nice. when they come in for a treatment and yoni steaming handouts and
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I love casserole backs. That's like, that's been my addiction since all of my surgeries, you know, but um, it's really interesting with vaginal steaming right now. And I'm actually going to have a woman that um, has, has a company and she's doing some great work with vaginal steaming. She's going to be on the podcast, I think in January, but um, there's some uproars. I don't know if you've followed any of this stuff that's been going on. Um, I, I won't name the, the, uh, the practitioner, the medical practitioner, that mm-hmm. is um, trying to tear down you know vaginal steaming along with some other things, but mm-hmm. the thing that 's so frustrating about that is they actually say that you know these things can harm women
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus talking about these surgical procedures
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we know you know it doesn 't harm every woman every time they get it done, but mm-hmm. that we know does harm women. More than it's talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's insane to me that we would think that at least letting women try vaginal steams before doing some of these more extreme surgeries, how that can be a bad thing,
1: you know? And... They, they're still done in several areas of the world. Yeah. I mean, Korea has a very intact culture and they practice yoni steaming. It's called something different, but, you know, they do that. Yeah. And, you know, the medical profession, it, it just, to me, just because there's no research or studies on yoni steaming doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means there's no funding for those studies. Exactly.
0: That's And that's women's health in general. I totally. mean, you're, you know, it's finally coming out just recently, there was a a big article about it. I forget um, what magazine or newspaper it was in, but you know that, oh, I think it was, um, I don't know, one of the the British ones, but how basically women have not been a part of medical studies ever, Mm -hmm. even on like women only hormonal issues. They still didn't use women for them because, because of our hormones, there's, you know, too many factors for Mm -hmm. them to do this? I mean, it's insanity, right? And so they're sitting here telling us, oh, well, that thing hasn't been proven to help, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you haven't studied it, you know? And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have the chance to do it, especially when it has been used in traditional country, uh, traditional cultures throughout a lot of years, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think acupuncture is a primary example, right? That we in this country in general did not believe in acupuncture and thought it was you know, this woo-woo thing that didn't help because Mm -hmm. we hadn't figured out a way to study it in in our scientific method mode, right? Once we figured out how to do that, suddenly, okay, it is valid. It is real, you know? And it's like, it doesn't matter that it had been around thousands of years and had been used by millions of Asian people. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's, an, it's crazy to me. But anyways, I think that that's really cool that you bring all of those together. Mm-hmm. The vaginal steaming, the oil packs, and the massage. Like, yeah, really powerful. Yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about that I know that you are, you know, working on and I think is so important that goes along really with, um, you know, taking care of this area, obviously, is um, what's called FAM or Fertility Awareness Method. Um, and in terms of taking care of your reproductive health, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes birth control, uh, hormone birth control may be necessary for some people, but so many people don't really understand what FAM is, how you do it. Is it really going to protect you from getting pregnant? So Mm -hmm. can you just kind of give us the rundown of what it
1: is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um. I I guess I'll first start by saying what FAM is not. FAM is not the rhythm method. There's a lot of literature out there that says that FAM and the rhythm method are the same, and they're just not. The rhythm method is a calendar method that is based on a 28-day cycle and expects that you're going to ovulate in the middle of that. That's why the rhythm method is not efficient Mm. for protecting you against. Mm. Um, unplanned pregnancies because yeah I didn't even realize the, the
0: rhythm method right I didn't even realize the rhythm method was based on 28 days mm-hmm. um, yeah. I just you know thought the other aspect but that makes sense too that that's not helpful for a lot of people
1: yeah, and a lot of medical practitioners confuse the two, and they think that they're the same, and so just want to clear the air. It's not the rhythm method. Fertility awareness method is a system for identifying, tracking, and charting the fertility signs that we exhibit on a day-to-day basis based on the symptoms that our body we see through our hormones changing, right? Mm -hmm. So the first symptom that we all see is when the progesterone and the estrogen drops and the uterine lining sheds, we see menstruation. Mm -hmm. That's the one that we are all alerted to. We know what's going on with menstruation, but a lot of us don't realize that after menstruation, we typically have a dry period. As follicle-stimulating hormone increases and estrogen increases, then the cervix releases a cervical mucus, and that's what's telling us that ovulation is approaching. The follicles are being stimulated, and cervical mucus, the purpose of that is to keep the sperm alive and to help it get up to the fallopian tubes to fertilize the egg really fast. Mm -hmm. So when there is no cervical mucus, sperm only lives for minutes to hours. Oh, interesting. Know that. Yeah, when there's cervical mucus, it can live for up to five days.
0: Yes, I have heard that.
1: <laughs> that's, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so charting cervical mucus, Another another biomarker is basal body temperature. So every morning you take your temperature with a basal body thermometer. That's your resting temperature. And um, you do that because after ovulation, there's a spike in temperature because, as you know, progesterone increases your body temperature. Mm-hmm. So when you see um, three temperatures that are higher than your previous six temperatures, and there's nothing—there was like no fever or alcohol mm-hmm. consumption or sickness—then you know that your body is making progesterone. And um, and then the last one that is some people feel some kind of way about it but cervical position Mm -hmm. um if you're going to check your cervix every day to to check that biomarker you just want to make sure that your hands are clean and your nails are clipped and you're not introducing any bacteria into your vagina but Mm -hmm. um what happens with the cervix it's it's just amazing to think like we were saying our bodies are so amazing but um the whole uterus actually moves backwards and that causes the cervix to come up in the birth canal close to ovulation. And it gets really soft and supple and juicy and open, just like waiting for the sperm to come in. And as soon as ovulation happens, then the cervix comes right back down into the birth canal and it gets hard and firm again. Interesting. So the idea with
0: that just to be really blunt is you have to go all the way to the back of your, of your vaginal canal to, to touch the cervix.
1: Yeah. You, you can squat down or you can do a lunge position. You want to make sure you use the same position every day, but yeah, you touch your cervix mm-hmm. and you just get a feel for where it is and how high, what it feels like. Is it squishy? Is it open? Is it hard? Is it firm? And Yeah.
0: This is so cool. I've never none known this aspect of it, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally gonna start doing
1: that. Yeah, totally. You, you can really notice the difference after ovulation. Right, right. It's really amazing. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, even if I don't do it every day, I, I, you know, I track my temperature, so I kind of mm-hmm. know when I'm getting close to ovulation. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's see what that feels like. That is That's fascinating, really and just to go back for. A second, when you mentioned the thing, I think it was really important that you mentioned about the alcohol. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't necessarily understand that that drinking alcohol, you know, one night can impact your temperature the next morning. Totally. So that could be like a false positive. Um, yeah. 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 Fascinating. Yeah,
1: and they have, there are studies on, on this method and if they're used correctly, yeah. If they're really used correctly, that means that every day you're charting, you're checking your cervical mucus, you're seeing if it's, it's stretchy or clear, or, you know, and you're writing it down and you're taking your temperature, then they have a 99.4 efficacy rate. Yeah. That's pretty high. That's you know? amazing.
0: I mean, and that it makes sense, right? Because of course our body is going to shift. There's things that are going to shift. Mm-hmm. as we prepare to make a baby right mm-hmm. and you know it, it it's like it's it kind of blows our minds right like all the stuff is happening and you know but it's like of course we have these incredible biohacks to see what is going on that has nothing to do with you know the science that has been created to to figure this stuff out although right. I know people can get ovulation kits and all that kind of stuff too if they you know if they want and that's fine but I think mm-hmm. it's just such a power powerful thing, not just for fertility, mm-hmm. but you know, because I'm like I and, and not just for birth control. Sorry, mm-hmm. both ends of those, but just the connection that you start to make to your body,
1: right? Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Oh man, I love all things menstruation and cervical mucus. It's just like yeah, I could geek out on this all day. But <laughs> um I mean you can see sp- subtle changes even in the color of your cervical mucus if you eat something that causes inflammation in your gut Mm. if you have an allergic reaction or you're sensitive to wheat or gluten or dairy you can see that in your cervical mucus you know i can see in my charts that you know i'm about to ovulate oh but then my kids are sick and they're up for three days straight and so then i i won't ovulate and then i'll then it'll happen again where my mucus, my mucus comes back on. And so it's just really amazing to have that type of literacy, especially since growing up, I thought I could get pregnant from a toilet seat. I thought I could get pregnant without ejaculation. I thought that I could get pregnant any day of the month, Mm -hmm. you know, I had absolutely no clue. Right. And now I, can basically like plan my energy resource around what's going on in my cycle. Mm -hmm. I know when I'm about to bleed that I better have food prepared and let my husband know that he's going to be on kid duty because I start growing roots out of my sacrum and I can't do things like I literally freeze and I just have to create things or take baths or pour my blood on the earth. And there's just like no, there's no way of getting around that. And I can be gentle on myself in that period because I know my energy is going to spike through the roof again around ovulation. And I'm going to be able to stay up until 11 o'clock at night or get up at 430 in the morning and read. So I'm, I just have so much more ease in my life with that rhythm, right? knowing what to expect.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of, you know, of our cycles, Right. And the yeah. fact that it, our bodies were created with with this cycle that mm-hmm. we've gotten so far off of and so far away from. And mm-hmm. we wonder why there's so much sickness and why there's so much, um, you know, loss of energy. And um, I mean, even diving into autoimmunity, we know that that impacts women more often than it does men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much of that, I think, is because we've gotten so far away from, from this natural cycle, right? And, mm-hmm. and we've been told, I mean, I don't blame any woman for it. I mean, we've all done it, you know, because we weren't, A, we weren't taught better, but then we are also told to make it in this world, we mm-hmm. have to live in a way that is masculine and following their cycle, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I think we, we're seeing in a big way right now how that's worked out for us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I appreciate, you know, the work that you're doing in the world um, and really just educating women around this and how it may be hard at first to shift Mm -hmm. and to really start not only tracking, but start shifting your life around Mm -hmm. your cycle and sort of planning around your cycle. But you'll get so much more out of it in the long term, not just, you know, better health, but Mm-hmm. Um, I think your the creativity, what you put out in the world, how you connect with people, mm-hmm. how you're there for your family, and then obviously how you're there for yourself. It all right. wraps it up in there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I have three daughters, so yeah. and a son. So I want them all to see right what it's like when a woman is on their moon time and yeah, how to treat women on their moon time. Yeah. Oh my God. And I,
0: and you know, you also want to work with, with girls you were saying too.
1: I do. That is definitely a passion of mine. I don't have much skills around mentoring, but I can see evolving through that wound that I experienced as a teen and just tending that into a gift Mm -hmm. um, through my relationship with my daughter and sewing cloth menstrual pads with her and Mm -hmm. talking about these things and, uh, I was invited to this beautiful ceremony in my community for a girl who had her first menstruation, and
0: oh cool.
1: yeah, i I really envision bringing some kind of curriculum in a circle form to bring the youth together mm-hmm. and talk about these things so that they can feel empowered. They mm-hmm. can make decisions because ultimately, when you do pay attention to your cycle, even if you're not touching your cervix every day, you're still going to inhabit parts of your body that you wouldn't otherwise. And that means you're going to be very careful of who you're letting in your space. Yes. Yeah. And I know like for me, abortion is a big topic right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. it's it's not legal in some places and, I feel that so many unplanned pregnancies especially for teenagers could be resolved by helping them putting that just that trust into their own hands of right. what's going on in their body and right. taking taking that back.
0: Absolutely. I mean the empowerment around that, you know, and and I mean I can think back I got my period for the first time when I was 10.
1: Oh wow. And
0: yeah. And, you know, it wasn't crazy out of the ballpark or whatever, because my mom had also gotten hers when she was 10 too. So, but I remember actually being so excited. Like, even when I was nine, I was like, I'm ready. You know, like I was like, I want to be a woman and what have you. Um, and when I first got my period, it actually was very brown, right? Oh,
1: wow.
0: Yeah. And so I remember telling my mom and she was just like, what, what are you doing? You know? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. And she, you know, basically was kind of huffy and puffy with me and then was just like, we'll change your underwear, you know? And then I go to the bathroom a couple hours later and it's full with brown again, you know? And she actually, not to throw my mom under the bus, but she actually, you know, thought I was like shitting my pants like on purpose. Yeah. And, uh, and then finally, I think by the third go round, she kind of figured it out, you know, but because it wasn't red, Uh um, she just had thought this. And I was like, that totally just, you know, was very want, want for me in terms of this thing that I had actually been really excited about happening to me and about, you know, becoming a woman in that way. Uh and. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I am know that there's so much fear wrapped up in, in girls becoming women, and part of why we don't talk about these things, you know, but it's like literally the things that people fear about girls becoming women is the things that they could protect them from if they actually educated them totally. about this stuff, right?
1: For sure.
0: And, and, yeah, I mean, to think about how how my relationship with my period and my body and, you know, and having horrible cramps for so many of my years how how that could have been different had mm-hmm. the first situation you know been a little bit more pleasant and connective totally. yeah yeah so i think it's really cool that you're doing that work you're gonna, you. do, you're gonna do that work yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. um or have you thought about doing um any kind of online circles and stuff in the future with girls and their
1: moms I definitely have, yeah, I definitely have and I'm trying to take it one step at a time because mm-hmm. I, I do have four kids, yeah and I tend to get really really dreamy and um, I'm really rooting in and creating depth in what what's right in front of me mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm definitely dreaming about it and also I want to do them in person in my community first. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've been planting those seeds and seeing which of the teens are interested in that right? and getting some feedback. And that's great. And um, yeah, really wanting to create a holistic program that's going to incorporate not only the fertility awareness method charting, but also teaching them how to yoni steam and teaching them the abdominal massage. And, you know, what does it mean when you have brown blood at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the cycle? Mm -hmm. You know, it's ironic that you had that for your first cycle, because typically that means that your blood from your last cycle didn't come out. Ah, right. You know, and so, um, yeah, just life hacks on what it's like to be a woman. I want to give them all of those that I've accumulated over the past several years. So I think you need to create a center, actually. (laughs) This is Mm -hmm. what I've decided (laughs) okay
0: for you <laughs> but no i mean i it's so like i get excited just thinking about that you know for women and girls because as we know there's so many women that don't know about these things cuz mm-hmm. they were never taught it as kids and haven't been taught it to this day um and how we could change so much from you know protection around getting pregnant um
1: mm-hmm.
0: to things like fibroids and ovarian cysts and not necessarily having to face those things mm-hmm. later in life because we've been able to do this work along the way to really you know um work with our body and work with our hormones
1: totally I,
0: oh my god it's so exciting mm-hmm. um i i could go on with you forever but um i think we're going to we got to wrap this up now so let people know, you know, and I know, again, that you're pretty much working locally right now, but if anybody that's listening that's, you know, national or international would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, y'all can find me on Instagram at rooted.feminine, and um, you can follow me there for updates. My website is a work in progress, and but that's www.rootedfeminine.com as well. And um, yeah, you can expect to see me in some beautiful places over the next year holding sacred circles with women. Um, I'm probably going to be at the beach in South Carolina holding a women's retreat in the spring. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, just really looking forward to branching out and getting this information as far and wide as it possibly can go
0: absolutely and I definitely see in our future doing a workshop together because I think that yeah I mean the combination of you know all of the the stuff that you've told us about today and you know my side of the sort of like gut health hormone aspect like definitely needs to all come together
1: for sure
0: forward to that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all your amazing knowledge with everybody. Um, And I will see you guys soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.